it's Wednesday and it's time for Pop and Politics. We are talking about the latest in hot topics, news and entertainment. I'm KJ and without further ado, let me introduce you to the rest of my co-hosts. We have Shelly E. We have Yana. Hi. Hello. Uh, T. And we have special guest co-host tonight, Colleen Hoffman. How are you tonight? Good. How are you doing, KJ? I'm doing well. Thank Good. you. How's everybody? How's everybody doing? Very good. Good. All right. So, uh, Bless the Lord. I like the pictures. Yeah, that was different. <laughs> All right. So as usual, join the conversation by leaving a comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We will check the comments periodically throughout the show. And don't just comment, subscribe. Subscribe to our social media so you always know when we post new content. Check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com for up-to-date information. We are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. All right, ladies, let's set it off. Okay, so we are starting out tonight with our, my, our first topic, uh, new documents from the federal government shine more light on the origins of the discredited Russia collusion net narrative. Investigators now say operatives paid by the Clinton campaign illegally spied on President Trump in an attempt to gather derogatory information. Uh, new out today, uh, 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 Hillary Clinton uh, did respond to these accusations. Uh, so she says, uh, again, former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton on Wednesday, that's today, denies the claims that her 2016 campaign spied on former President Donald Trump following a court filing submitted last week by Special Prosecutor John Durham. She posted on Twitter, uh, she says, Trump and Fox are desperately spinning up a fake scandal to distract from his real ones. So it's a day that ends in why, she added. The more misdeeds are exposed, the more they lie. All right. So to you ladies, why does this uh, matter? Why does this still matter to Americans? I want to start with you, Shelly. So hi, everybody. Um, first of all, I want to say that it matters because Trump was right. Uh, the Republican Party, the, the that whole campaign was right from the beginning. And even more so, it should matter because it demonstrates that unelected uh, bureaucrats and elected officials were working, conspiring to undermine our electoral system and the American people's vote. All right. Uh, I want to go to you, Yana. Uh, you heard the news out today. Uh, Hillary Clinton responds. Uh, why does this matter? Well, it matters because they're still lying to us. Like they were lying to us back then when this whole Russia collusion was blowing out of proportion. And uh, now they're doing it again with uh, fear mongering about the possible war with Russia. So for example, uh, one of the people that could be implicated in these 
in the Durham uh, filings is the is Jake Sullivan, who is the security advisor currently to the current administration, and he is the one who is pushing this narrative that there's going to be war, that Russia is going to attack. So how can we trust these people now when they obviously lied to us back then? Okay. Um, want to go to you, T. Your thoughts on this? Does it still matter? Um, doesn't matter. Yes, it matters. But it matters because we knew this. Some of us, anyway, knew this all along. We knew that they were lying. We knew they were, we, and we believed Trump because why would he lie? And so it matters because now it proves that we weren't crazy and that we know what's going on. Some of us. All right. Uh, Colleen, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, new news out today. Hillary Clinton responds. Does this all matter to Americans? Oh, you're muted. <laughs> Sorry about that. So I would say, unfortunately, it seems like the damage is irreparable. Um, there are some Democrat friends of mine that cannot escape that Russia narrative. They just are hanging on to it for dear life, no matter what evidence I put in their in their view or anything. It's like, no matter what I say, they are just like, but the Mueller report, did you read it? Did you read it? You know, so it, it really seems like it's just way too little, way too late. Uh, it seems like it's irreparable damage at this point, unfortunately. Okay. Um, so again, what do you guys think? I mean, out today, Hillary Clinton responds. Again, she says this is all fake news. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? So I want to say, I want to add this. Of course, I would expect her campaign or Hillary Clinton to say this is fake news. But from the beginning, this also demonstrates this whole Russian uh, collusion narrative was the soil on which people literally lost, lost their livelihoods. We had Roger Stone, Carter Page. These people were under investigation based on this lie. Michael Flynn lost his, his, uh, his, his commission. His, right, his, his standing because of all of this whole soil, this fertile soil of lies that just kept growing, stemming from a campaign and, and possibly a candidate who was doing illegal things. Yeah, and it seems like whenever Democrats are failing, they it's, it's, like, it's like a rerun of that situation back when Trump won and they just needed to find something and like somebody to blame so they were failed they felt like they failed back then so they brought up this russia story that was uh, totally fabricated it was not they spent millions of dollars trying to investigate this and we, we've gone through like what two years of that investigation. four years it was four it was years four total. yeah so and uh, now they're failing again, like they're losing their base. People are not happy with what's going on in the country. And so now all of a sudden they're like, oh, Russia again. When Russia the whole time, first of all, was denying it, but also they were saying that we, like Russians wanted to be allies. Uh, you know, maybe not, you know, in a sense like some European country, but the, the thing is that Russia and America after the fall of the Soviet Union, have been building better relations. So there was the Cold War, and then once the you know Cold War was ended, there were better relations between U.S. and Russia. And 
it felt like Cold War all over again. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, as you mentioned, a lot of you already mentioned that this lends to what else have they kind of fabricated? Have they started, you know, these these different things? What else have they done to to manipulate and, and lie to the public? Well, we know uh, so what this else. is scary stuff. Anytime when you read into this, uh, the investigation on this, they actually got into the White House server and and they're allegedly uh, have 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 tapped into these things to get Trump correspondence, and they couldn't find anything. Still, some people at this point are like, "Oh, it's just it's it's a um, war between the Democrats and the Republicans." When when we're saying no, it's not really like they're the ones doing things, but they're saying they're lying really on us, saying the Republicans are doing it. But we're like, "No, we didn't." Like, what do you mean? We didn't do anything, and. And this, that's kind of where the people in the middle are getting things mixed up. But now, actually, people are saying, look, it, the, the lies are coming out now and people are starting to see them for what they are. Like, I hear it and see it on social media and all these places. So I'm glad. Yeah, but what about the people who say uh, uh, that these, we have a comment here uh, who said uh, Jimmy Kimmel is calling us oatmeal brain Fox b- viewers. What do you say to people who who actually believe? You mentioned something about it, Colleen. You, you have a friend who who you who, Mueller, the Mueller report, the Mueller report. What do you say to people about this? I mean, honestly, it really depends who I'm having the conversation with. Honestly, mm-hmm. it really does because I mean, there are some people who are just convinced, no matter what, and it's so hard to be like. No, it's actually them that are doing it, not us, because then that sounds crazy. You know what I mean? So it's totally like psychological warfare at this point to be like, oh, actually, it, it was them the whole time. Yeah, sure it was, you know? So, I mean, honestly, I really do pick and choose which friends I'm either going to say, oh, I'll just drop it, or I'm going to actually say, well, why don't you answer the question I asked you? You you kind of went off there. You didn't have an answer to my question, which is usually a lot of my chats are unanswered questions you know because they go off on tangents they can't answer your questions so um yeah it literally depends who i'm talking to you can usually tell i don't even watch fox i don't even watch fox so right fox is hardly the conservatives go to anymore like that is you know if we have to have a news channel on, we're like, all right, I guess Fox News. Mm-hmm. But normally, if you ask a conservative who their news source is, their first answer is usually not going to be Fox. Mm-hmm. So mine's the Daily Wire. That would be normally my first go-to or the Epic Times. But like Fox doesn't even make like the top five if it's a serious story. All right. Well, we will continue to monitor this story. Uh, again, this can lead to all sorts of things. Uh, hopefully, uh, if uh, the uh, Republicans take over the Congress, there can be investigations into this and we can get to the bottom of it. Uh, so again, uh, continue to join the conversation by leaving a comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We will check the comments periodically throughout the show. Also, subscribe. Subscribe to our social media so you always know when we post new content. Again, check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com for up-to-date information. We are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. 
All right, we are moving right along to our pop-off round. Uh, we want each of you to share your immediate reaction to this trending topic. So Colleen, I'm going to start with you tonight. Um, so basically in less than 30 seconds, if you could give your opinion on this topic. Uh, so while the Super Bowl requires attendees to provide proof of full vaccination and be masked at all times, celebrities, including LeBron James and Jennifer Lopez, were spotted not wearing masks while at the event. Schools continue to require masks regardless of vaccination status uh, in, in Los Angeles. So Colleen, is this hypocrisy or does it make sense due to the different situations with the Super Bowl being partially outside? What are your thoughts? I really feel like um, celebrities feel like they have different rules. Um, they really are a part of the um, you know ruling elite class. They are not, they're not the same as us. We are not the same at all. So when they have, you know, people who that they hire that will be wearing masks behind them in pictures and stuff like that, and they're not wearing masks, like, and that's been happening for like almost two years now. So when I see this and like, I see news sources bring it up and stuff, I'm like, they're better than us. Don't you know that? <laughs> you know, didn't you get the memo? So, um, you know, it never shocks me anymore. But I mean, I, I do have to say it does shock me with like Charlize Theron, where she's like, wear the damn mask. And then she's very blatantly maskless. So situations like that, I'm kind of like, but normally I'm just like, oh, I know they're better than me. I forgot, you know? So, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, moving along to Shelly. So American sprinter Shikari Richardson has questioned why she had to sit out the Tokyo Olympics last summer following a positive test for marijuana while Russian figure skater Camila Valiva gets to continue competing at the 2022 Winter Olympics. So uh, Valiva tested positive for trimetazine, a banned substance in December, uh, and, and but she continued to play in the Olympics. So, uh, so Shikari uh, Richardson said it was basically due to race uh, because she's black and this, uh, this uh, Olympic person is white. Uh, so want to ask your opinion. Is it because Shikari is black? Do you agree or disagree and why? I'm going to say I don't know that it is because of that. I'm not saying that it's not or it can't be because of that. I will acknowledge that there is uh, there at least has been a stark difference in the way these uh, athletes were, were treated to allow to play or not allowed to to continue on the Olympics. The trimethazine was a banned subject. A banned substance, I'm sorry. And the marijuana was legal, I, I believe, where Shikari Richardson lives or wherever she came from. I don't know what, what state. However, I don't immediately go to the racism just because one person is white and the other person is black. I don't I don't do that. Um, maybe decades ago I would have, but I no longer do that. However, again, that does not preclude it. Ultimately, once this is investigated, that it may be racism or it may be even better discrimination, not necessarily racism. But that's not my first go to choice. Was there seemingly a difference in treatment? Absolutely. Does something look problematic? Absolutely. Is it definitely racism? I'm not going there. It may be discrimination. It may not even be racism, which is a whole different uh, distinguishing we need to make. All right. All right, on to you, Yana. 
So former Cato Institute director, Ilya Shapiro, now executive director of Georgetown Center for the Constitution, wrote, objectively, Beck's pick for Biden is Sheree Shervinvasan, who is solid, progressive, and very smart. Uh, even has identity politics benefit of being first Asian American, but alas, doesn't fit into last intersectionality hierarchy, so we'll get lesser black woman. Thank heaven for small favors. So he said this in reference to Biden stating that he would pick a black woman as the next Supreme Court justice. He would appoint a black woman. So um, this has gotten criticism. Uh, from the left, uh, and pr pretty much across the board, based specifically off of his comment where he said, uh, but alas, doesn't fit into last intersectionality hierarchy, so we'll get lesser black woman. So my question is to you, is this a racist comment? Why or why not? So it's, a, it's an Asian lady that was picked? Right. He's, he suggested picking a, uh, a he's, I think it's an Asian man. Uh, oh. He suggested picking this Asian man. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know if this man's more credentialed, or I, I don't know. Um, and um, but as we all know, Biden is said he would appoint a black woman for the Supreme Court, right? And so this person is suggesting an Asian person, right? Okay. Was that a racist comment? Uh, yeah. I mean, all of it is racist. <laughs> Uh, Biden is being racist. Uh, this other person is being racist. I mean, why are we talking about what race the person should be who has to make the most important decisions for this country? So it, it really doesn't matter. Now, I, I don't want to make my decisions based on what race the person is. So obviously, yeah, all, they're, all, they're just being racist all around. All right. And lastly, T. In the past, on the show, you have identified, oh, I'm sorry, this is an actual question from the audience. So we um, were emailed this question uh, from Jake. So thank you, Jake. Thanks for watching. So T, in the past, you have identified as a racist. Is racism wrong in your opinion? racism as we know it when when you go to try to hurt someone or not um not uh consider someone for a job or something in that case yes it it is not good however when you believe that your race is um you have pride when you have pride in your own race i don't think that that's racism and that's what I, when I say that I'm racist, that's what I mean. I have pride in my own race. And I think that my own race should have children with each other. And my own race should have communities and everything together. I mean, as well with other people, but we should consider our own races before we consider other people. Just as we should consider our own citizens in the United States before we consider other people. There's a, there's a hierarchy there. All right. All Thanks, right. Jake. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much for watching. And again, continue with the uh, to can continue to send in questions for the host. Uh, also, join the conversation by leaving a comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We will check the comments periodically throughout the show.
Uh, again, if you have a question that you'd like to hear answered by one of our hosts, email me, kj at metroconservativemedia.com. We will ask the co-host your questions during our next pop-off. All right, so we are moving along to topic two, uh, moving to China. So uh, Russia-China alliance grows stronger as the U.S. retreats from the world stage. Are we about to enter another war due to Biden administrations appearing to be weak? Shelly, I want to start with you. Um, is this what's going on here? Yeah, I actually think that 46 is itching and twitching to get us into some SHIT that's going to really hem us up. I actually think that. All right. Uh, Yana, what are your thoughts on the Biden administration? Does he appear weak? And is this uh, giving us, causing us trouble in America? Well, it's definitely causing us trouble. And I don't think that we're going to have, well, at least talking about Russia-China uh, alliance, I don't think we're going to have a war with any of those countries anytime soon. Uh, however, the Biden administration seems to want war uh, in the past couple of weeks and a few days, actually, we have heard that there was supposed to be a war. And in fact, it was supposed to start today. Um, so they kept saying, uh, the Democrats and the Democrat-leaning uh, media, the C CNN particularly, were so adamant the, about the idea that we have to have this war. And that's because uh, they're losing. The Biden administration are losing their base and they need a distraction, distraction from inflation, from shortages that we're having in the country, the vaccine mandate protests, they're everywhere right now. And I mean, he, they have, the administration has under 40% approval rating. So they want to distract, just look at something else again, you know, let's, let's you know, go save a country or something. So um, yeah, the, definitely they're appearing not just weak, they're psychotic at this point. All right. Uh, moving along to you, T. Uh, is, is the Biden administration appearing weak and causing us to, uh, causing us trouble with, with, on the international stage? No, they're not appearing to look weak. They are weak. And this is where we are now. As Yana said, they're losing their base because they're not doing the things that they should be doing as an administration in the first place. So yeah, they are weak and it's not an appearance. We actually are. And, and then internationally, we look weak because of the president that we have. And thank goodness we didn't have a woman president, but who knows what's gonna happen with this guy, 46. I hope we don't, but yeah, we, we definitely don't have the respect that we used to have. All right. I want to just make sure I understand. So you don't, oh, you don't want a female president? No, I don't want a female president in the United States of America. No. Okay. Oh, you're a bunch of people shaking their head. Oh, Absolutely. I love the honesty. She said, no, I don't want an America. I don't want a woman in America. <laughs> I want a Does everyone feel that way? Yana, you against female president also? Uh, I would. I would rather see a strong man as a, as president, and if there isn't one, then you know, then I would consider a woman who could be a good candidate. So, oh, so you would consider it? 
I would consider it, absolutely. If it was Condoleezza Rice. Oh, Shelly, so only Condoleezza Rice, but you wouldn't consider any other female. You, you prefer not. Definitely not the one that's second and running right now. Yeah. Right, right. What about you, Colleen? Are you against female presidents? Will females um, running for presidency? So, you know, as a Democrat, I used to literally tell my boyfriend, I want a woman to win. I don't care who it is. I just want a woman to win because I think that she'll do better just because women do better, right? So um, we just, we, you know, we don't have the war gene in us. We're just not like that. But then you look at Hillary Clinton and that's obviously not true. So, um, you know, I, I really bought into the whole like hard feminism thing. So I just wanted to see any woman in that seat. Um, 2016, I actually ended up voting for Carly Fiorina. I did a write-in and I was a Democrat because I saw them at the primaries and they were talking and I was like, wow. That woman made sense. She was strong. <laughs> she she was she made a lot of sense, and I was like, I don't care. If she's a Republican, but she's she's a, she's a woman, so yay. So I voted but for now, her. And now, now I actually never really followed up with her much. I saw a recent. No, I'm talking about you you wanting a woman to be president. Oh, now, well, I mean, to be honest, I I, I would love a woman president, but it, it has to be somebody who really has that grit, like somebody like Conda Rice. Like she's great. I mean, like she's not somebody I'd want to get on her bad side, and she knows what she's doing. Like she's a strong woman, and she's been doing the job for a long time. She has experience. Um, you know, personally, I I think that somebody like Candace would be a great president somebody who has the backbone somebody who you know just somebody not candace necessarily but somebody who has the if you say something i'm going to respond to it you know i'm going to tell you how it is. A, a woman who a would woman be able to talk to putin um, yes. who, who yeah. can uh, go to a meeting with him and not act like um what is that uh lady the journalist um Megan Kelly, when she went to see Putin, and uh, he oh, just flirted with her the whole time, and she oh. was all just flustered and, and so happy, you know. To, to, and then he ate her up uh, during the the actual um, debate or like the the press conference that they were having. He was totally like really hard, you know, on wow. on her. And um, yeah, so like, we need. You know how those people who said if Trump win, won the um, election, they would move out of the country? If we have yeah. a woman president, I'm leaving the country. <laughs> <laughs> All no right, I just want to get you guys' take on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't discriminate like that. Um, I don't see what the difference is by, you know, where we have Biden saying that he would nominate only a black woman to the Supreme Court. So how is that any different from us saying we would exclude or preclude a woman from the presidency? President? So I, I would, I would only, I would base it off of their, their, um, their acumen and 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 what they have to show. Uh, The kind of men that we have these days, you know, the the left, uh, the leftist uh, beta men that we have. I mean, it's we don't have a lot of good choices, honestly, in this in the world at this point. Yeah, I loved I loved Tulsi Gabbard when I was still a Democrat. I I thought she was. Yeah, I mean, but she's not. I, I mean, like, if I were Putin, I'm not scared of Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, I mean, I'm scared no. of Candace. Like, you know what I mean? Just like she's not. She doesn't have that. Don't mess with me vibe. She doesn't have that presidential vibe. She has that. You know, um, uh, pre, pre, you know, president of a smaller country, perhaps, but you know, just not America. 
Yeah, okay. I wanted to see what you guys thought. Well, well, moving. Speaking of Colleen, you were going right to you. What What do you think now? As far as is Biden's, you know, is the Biden administration showing weakness, and is that putting us at peril internationally? Yeah, I mean, if something bigger than COVID, bigger than any other thing that's come already, comes, I mean, like, don't look to Biden for help. You know, kind of look for your own resources. Just know that. They're not coming to help. They usually don't know what they're doing. Um, so in terms of going to, to war with China, I don't personally think we're ever going to go to war with China just because um, China has made the Biden crime family very, very rich. I mean, they are millionaires, essentially, because a huge part of China and they essentially push China's, you know, agendas. They essentially put China ahead of America, the policies they pass here to make us pretty much worse off. And then all the policies that have made China better, you know, they, they don't take care of the environment over there. I mean, clearly Biden is very, very paid for by China. And I, I don't, I highly doubt we would ever go to war with them just because, I mean, it would, mess up his interests yeah it's scary times i mean i'm not sure if you guys saw um at the uh, the olympics so you know uh uh president of of china and and the president of, of russia about vladimir putin stood side by side during the opening ceremony of the olympics uh this month and they they made a joint appearance uh and delivered not only for the first time a display of china russian unity but they also, the observers saw that this was a clear signal yet that the two are intent on shaping a new world. Uh, you know, they put out a statement also, uh, I think it was I think it was like some 5,000 words, where they made some pretty large claims against the West. Um, so, you know, you have, you have them inching away at, at Taiwan. You know, there may be some aggression there. You know, with this whole Chinese, uh, the whole Olympics, you know, you had uh, uh, Speaker of the House, uh, what's her name? Um, lady. Pelosi. Pelosi, right. Mm -hmm. Telling people, you know, to be careful, telling the, the athletes to be careful if you go to China uh, and, and, and don't say anything out the way uh, because, you know, they may become aggressive. Um, they see this as a post-Trump world where America has pulled out of Afghanistan in disarray. They don't seem to be able to deter people or, or Russia from from um, you know managing the uh, cyber security attacks. We look weak. And yeah, we're very scary position. So I have a um, I have a theory. I'm sure I'm not the first one, but I, when I say all politics are local, what I mean by that is there may be some objective reasons for going to a war or for getting into some kind of tiff with another country, but politics being local means that there are always some subjective interpretations, some subjective perceptions that particularly a president, a weak president, wants to push back against. And Russia, Putin is. 46's nemesis right now. And right now, Putin is occupying the stage with China where 46 wants to be. So subjectively, he is interpreting that he sees that weakness. So he has to prove himself that, no, I am the stronger guy, even though he is weak, not just physically, but politically weak. He has a, a mission to accomplish to make himself look bigger and better than what he really is. We're going to be in trouble. Americans are going to die. 
Yeah, exactly. And with Trump, we had this America first agenda. And every country in the world, well, I believe that majority of countries in the world, they care about themselves first. And that is an absolutely natural and normal thing. So obviously, Russia cares about Russia, obviously, before anybody else. And they might uh, offer some assistance to other countries every now and then, but it was it, everything they do is to better themselves. Same with uh, China. And there's nothing wrong with that. And the thing is that we had this narrative for uh, decades already uh, on the democratic side is that, oh, we, you know, we are too obsessed with ourselves and, um, you know, we have to be care about the world as a whole. And this is what's going to happen. Once you become weak, other countries that actually did their politics right, they're going to swallow you up. Like they will, it's a competition. So if you, it's like if you're a business, you're going to care about your own business first before any other businesses out there. Uh, so obviously, um, uh, US is being weak, you know, and other countries are recognized. Well, also, can I can I say that I feel like Russia and China are like polar opposites in so many ways? I really because I mean, like, if you look at China, they're more like Marxist, atheist, you know, whatever. And then Russia, I mean, tell me, Anna, does I feel like I mean, the impression I've gotten is that Russia is more of a conservative country with more conservative values. So it's so weird to me that these two would be so buddy buddy. I, I mean, they're like such. I mean, not weird to me. I can see why. But like the countries are really kind of polar opposites. I mean, from what I would assume. But what I, I wouldn't know well, is that's a, good, that's a good question, and that's an interesting assessment. Um, it's interesting to me to hear like how other people assess uh, Russia from outside. I mean, they do have a common Marxist history. And yeah, so, right. Where you know Russia became communist first, and then uh, China followed, and they basically followed a lot of the lessons that they took from from Russia. They implemented it in like the Cultural Revolution, getting rid of um, religion or spirituality. Um, that's what Russia did, and then China followed. And I think that uh, Russia, well, Russia did this whole uh, kind of like, okay, let's turn it all around and like this was all a mistake um but china decided to have like these reforms in their um economy where they have uh accepted a lot of the market economy and ca uh, capitalism they brought capitalism back to a degree uh to their country so then their country can can benefit uh, and uh, the government can benefit so I think China thinks that they, they're doing communism smarter than uh, what uh, Russia did. And um, Russia, just they're good at making uh, friends in the East. Uh, we, uh, Russia is more Eastern country rather than Western country. Um, and so we do have uh, similarities with the, with the Eastern countries a lot. So and unfortunately, Russia is not that conservative when it, uh, because of mm -hmm. communism, Russia is actually not that conservative. 
Well, let me ask you, Yana. I'm sorry. When you, when, well, Colleen as well. When you say conservative, I was thinking, I was thinking you're comparing them to the American version of conservatism, whereas they are more authoritarian, totalitarian, both of them. Mm. So when when I when I use the word conservatism in that context, I'm kind of meaning more so like. Um, like nuclear family, um, you know, macho man. Like, I mean, if you look at their ads for the Russian military compared to ours and stuff like that. So I think that's like, that's kind of more what I'm talking about when I talk about conservatism, not so much like the American conservatism, but I guess like conservatism of like, just like family values and like religion and stuff like that. I mean, they persecute religion in China, but I mean, I, you know, my relatives and my stepsister, like they're all religious and they're from Russia. So mm -hmm. Russia and Ukraine. So like, you know, um, that that's what I, I think that's what I was trying to um, convey when I meant conservatism. They definitely have turned back in terms of religion. There has been a revival uh, mm -hmm. for sure. And so there are more, I guess, religious people now in Russia than there was uh, maybe 40 years ago. Right. Um, but uh, overall, people are pretty secular. Uh, like the lifestyle that the people lead is secular. So, and in terms of like macho, I mean, we, I think China does those, you know, those kind of ads too. And yeah, true. You know, they actually ban, they banned something like, uh, oh, in China, they banned like the boy bands, like the very uh, feminine, yeah. feminine boys. Yeah. K pop. They, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the K pop um, genre. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. sure. I mean, they all about hump power. Mm -hmm. Power and uh, and power. When you're power hungry, you want to show strength, and so you know they're both about that. And but with that power, they 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 push down the people, their citizens. Um, so I think they're a lot alike. Um, it's and it's scary to think about. Well, especially if they're, they're formed together, patriarchal, and then then. Then we like um, someone said masculinity, but it could be perceived as being patriarchal where the family, the man's family is his nuclear. And that can come off as being kind of what's the word you used, um, Colleen, as far as family or macho or something. So that can come oh, off as being macho when it's just. Patriarchal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. And that's what's going to win. I think in the end is that kind of attitude is that strength. And America has to learn from that. Like we, we're gonna fail. Like this right. country has to have the strength, the men, and we have those people. Like we just need to encourage more of that, and we gotta get it together because these countries are going to take over the the world, and, and not do uh, that. People will, <laughs> and we can work with the. The thing is that we don't have to be. The whole idea I was saying before is that after the Cold War was over, Russia was willing to work with America and and collaborate and have uh, alliances. And like we can't just keep pushing against those countries. In fact, Russia is very, very good at um, counter-terrorism. They have been very good at going after, you know, the Islamic terrorists, the international terrorists. They have really good tactics and they're very uh, effective. So when... America works with Russia, they can actually win a, a lot of a common battles that we have. All right. Well, we will continue to follow this story uh, again. Please uh, comment throughout the program. We will check the comments uh, and also subscribe. Subscribe to our social media so you always know when we post new content. 
Check us out on the web at www.metroconservativemedia.com for up-to-date information. All right, so before we move on to our last topic of the night, we want to spotlight someone in Black history. So this is Black History Month. Uh, So today we are spotlighting the popular economist Walter E. Williams. So he was one of the most prominent libertarian commentators on issues of race, poverty, and prosperity, spreading his message through a weekly syndicated column, scholarly publications, and a variety of media appearances. Williams was born in Philadelphia on March 31st, 1936. He was raised by his mother along with his sister. His neighbors included Bill Cosby. Uh, Williams knew many of the individuals that Cosby speaks of in his childhood, including Weird Weird Harold and Fat Albert. Uh, Born and raised in Philadelphia projects, Williams overcame personal and political barriers on his journey from blue-collar kid working odd jobs to a distinguished writer and professor. Prolific and provocative, Williams appealed to both specialists and lay people, and his great love was teaching economics. Throughout his life, a network of devoted friends, family, mentors, and colleagues made his success possible. In his nearly 50-year career, Williams wrote hundreds of research articles, book reviews, and commentaries for scholarly journals, including American Economic Review, Policy Review, and Journal of Labor Research, as well as popular journals, including uh, the Wall Street Journal. All right. So again, today we are spotlighting for Black History Month, Walter E. Williams. All right. So uh, on to our final topic of the night, which is kind of a fun topic. What was the moment that made you switch? And by switch, I mean from Democrat to Republican. So I'm not sure if our viewers know, but all of us have once been uh, Democrats. So uh, I'll start with you, Yana. Uh, Can you talk about your uh, transition from Democrat to Republican? When and why? Gosh, I mean, it's really been an interesting journey. Uh, I think what really made me switch uh, was dating a far leftist. And uh, because before that, I kind of felt like I was more apolitical and I didn't know how deep these Marxist ideas were uh, were in the Democrat Party. So being uh, really up close uh, with someone who is far left really opened my eyes to what's going on. In the, on, the, in the on the Democrat side and how they're really pushing these Marxist ideas that it's actually not just uh, about equality or it's not uh, fairness it's really changing the entire system that they were against capitalism and for me when coming from Russia where we fought against socialist ideas, uh, that was unacceptable to me when I realized that this is what they want, that this is not just a fair society that they want. They want a revolution. They want to change everything. And I saw that they're everywhere. Like these ideas are everywhere. These people are everywhere. They're allowed to speak uh, freely about their Marxist ideas. Um, and that was my switch. Um, but prior to that, I was very much like a free spirit. I was uh, into like the 
kind of like the new age uh, movement and <laughs> hippie like um and i also learned ideas such as you know um like the law of attraction you know that you you are in charge of your own destiny uh those kind of ideas and uh, also i was very into health uh consciousness and to me actually that switch was not that difficult because it actually aligned what i already believed i believed that uh you know i can rely on myself that i create my own reality you know this whole uh hippie ideas and in fact the leftist idea was was not what i believed because they always were talking about relying on something else or blaming right. somebody else and so where i you know from my philosophies that i was into was rely on yourself and so when i uh, got you know i started uh, viewing uh, some right-leaning, uh, right-wing um, influencers, and I, I felt like I totally aligned with them. All right. I want to move to you, T. Talk about your trans transition to uh, the Democrat Party. When, when, what year did you transition? I to say. When uh, I don't even remember. I I started. I, I registered to vote for the first time in '98. Um, and I was one, I used to, my grandmother, I used to walk with her to the, um, when I was younger, I used to walk with her to the, to the, uh, what we call them precincts in Florida. I'm from Florida originally. We call them precincts. I was walk with her there and see her vote and everything, um, as a Democrat. And she was like one of those ones, well, we got the rights now, so we got to do it. Um, but I used to work for the Democratic Party of Florida. I, I did some projects with them. I was a consultant. And um, so this is during the Charlie Chris days and uh, Rick, well, Rick Scott was a Republican, but during those days. Um, and I went to school with a few people who were very political and or college. And so kind of we all kind of got in the same group and did the same things. But that means I saw things that happened behind the scenes. And I was like. I don't like, I don't know if I agree with these things. And then I really started looking into it because before I just became a Democrat because that's what everybody did. And I started really looking into the difference. And I'm like, I really align more with the Republicans than I do Democrats. So why are black people more Democrats? Because people in my family, we are very conservative. We are tr uh, very church-like. We ha have a bunch of evangelists and preachers and all that stuff. I grew up in the church, Pentecostal church at that. So we are conservative in the South. Imagine that. So um, by the time, I don't even remember what year that was. It was during my college years, but it wasn't, I, I don't remember what year it was, to be honest. But I kind of did it on the low. Nobody knew that I was a Republican. Um, my husband at the time, he knew because he was a Republican, but he was also on the low because he's a fraternity and all that stuff. He didn't really want to come out. We didn't come out yet. And so one day I just got tired of it. I was talking, I started talking to people behind the scenes and everything. And I was like, you know what? Bump it. Um, actually, during before that time happened, I did come out to my family. <laughs> I'm saying come out, I'm using it like, you know, sarcastically. I came out to my family. Um, oh, my father, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and they would, oh my goodness, I have a bunch of uncles. They were sitting around, I'm hanging out with them. 
they would come after me with questions and debates and everything. And I was, I was like, yep. <laughs> and, and I stuck to my guns and I'm like, you know what? Now I have, they trained me. Now I have the power and the um, guts, so to speak, to come out. And so all I did, and I don't even remember, I should have given you guys a picture. I came out on Facebook and all I did was I took a picture of my voter's registration card and it was Republican. And I was like, yep, that's me. And everybody was like, how could you? And I'm like, I don't care. That's me. Y'all should have known that anyway, because I was kind of saying the same things that conservatives were. Well, what, what exactly, like what issue was it that was like, this is it? I'm cutting you ties. Ask me that? <laughs> That's what I want to know too. What was yeah, it? Like, you what guys are speaking in generalizations. What was it that brought you to? Oh, that was funny, Mr. Producer. That one was funny. Actually, that's one of them. I am, I believe in a family structure, man, woman, child, and, you know, just basic morals and values that is nature and is order. And I'm looking at more social issues. Okay. And then fiscally, fiscally uh, responsible issues and those type of, um, um shoot what do you call it the aliens that come from other countries uh oh. immigration oh, okay um and i say aliens because juvenile has a song that says you fall away from your home using alien so oh. that's not from aliens <laughs> okay. um so yeah those issues the basic issues really and i'm like wait a minute I don't really think that even though i grew up to be honest i grew up in the projects in florida and i still didn't think that we should be dependent on welfare because my family didn't. We, I mean, if anything, they did it before I was born for a little while. But once they, my family was too proud to be on social um, welfare programs. So <clears throat> this is kind of the effect. And then actually, to be honest, now that I'm very vocal about it and the issues, I've converted some people. And my family, the same uncles that were talking crap to me, they, you know what? I kind of see your point. See, uh, yeah, I think that you're right. You're definitely right. And cousins, friends, all of that. I've converted a few people over. All right. Well, we'll move on to Colleen. So um, you, when exactly did you, not exactly the day, but right. when did you uh, change over to the concert, to Republican? Well, no. um, so it was kind of a slow progression um, that started COVID. Um, I was a CNN watcher. I loved Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon. They were my favorites. I used to love them. My parents couldn't stand them and I didn't understand why. How could you hate Chris Cuomo? He's so great. Oh, I love Don Lemon. Um, so, and, and my parents were always conservative and they, God bless them. They really never gave me any crap for it. And they'd make comments once in a while. But um, I, I was more like, kind of like you said, Yana, I was more apolitical than anything. But by default, many of my, um, you know, lifestyle choices and like ideologies would more typically lean left. Um, when COVID started, I was watching TV every single day because, I mean, what else could we do? So I was watching the CNN, you know, death count every day. And I'm like, wow, it's getting crazy, right? You know, we're all on the edge of our seats. Um, and then when those doctors, America's frontline doctors, came out on the um, Supreme Court steps and were like, oh, my gosh, people do not need to be dying because of 
we all know that video. That video, when I saw how social media reacted to that, I had never seen um, Facebook jail happen before. I had never seen censorship happen before. Um, so here I was thinking, oh my gosh, like everybody's dying. And here's these doctors saying that they're having all this luck. Why aren't we listening to them? Right. But no, I mean, the, the internet just completely like got rid of the videos and I'd never experienced that before. So that was very, that was like, a, it was once in a lifetime experience for me. I've never seen something be censored like that. I've heard of that in other countries, never America. Um, but then as COVID progressed, it got worse. Every single thing that came out against the narrative always got, um, you know, taken off. Um, and then um, and then when George Floyd happened, when the riots started, um, I was very upset about the riots because I'm just I'm just not I don't believe in that kind of violence. Like I just don't like there's no I can never watch violence on television on innocent citizens and be like, yes, this is this is going to bring good social change. You know what I mean? Like that's just I couldn't see it. I didn't see how this would possibly end well. And even my own party at the time, the Democrats were constantly trying to explain how violence equals good. You know, and I was just like, I'm not seeing it, guys. I'm just not seeing it. Like, you know, especially since uh, Baltimore was one of those mm -hmm. affected cities. Um, and I've seen the reports of the days after when they burnt down, um, you know, CVSs that the locals can't use now and they don't drive. So, you know, it hurt us locally as well. Um, and then it hurt DC, which is also close. Um, so it really surrounded me. And then also a lot of family of mine lives in New York. And I saw how Andrew Cuomo was really messing with New Yorkers a lot and putting people in nursing homes when I felt like even from day one, that was common sense. You don't do that. Um, I, even as a Democrat, I was like, what's he doing? Like, I don't get that. So there were all these things, but the moment I knew it was like all these little things. And then when George Floyd, the riots, and then when they took the kneel together and they all had the scarves on for like eight minutes and they're all in their like eighties and could hardly get up afterwards. That <laughs> show of just absolute political theater. Like, I mean, I just couldn't believe my eyes because I don't know if you remember. Kente, Kente scarves. Yes, because yeah. at that moment I, we America was really on the edge of our seats. Like, okay, what are the Democrats going to do to fix this? Because obviously they're the ones who fix everything. Right. So here I was as a loyal Democrat, like, okay, Nancy Pelosi and everybody's going to come up and they're going to tell everybody that this is, we're putting our foot down. That's it. Um, no. When they kneeled, I was like, this is a show to them. This is all a yeah, show. To them. It was, it, it was something so simple that little, um, act there really set me off. I was like, they really don't care at all. Like they don't. Um, and then I fell down so many rabbit holes. Um, um, so I when you say you fell down rabbit holes, you started researching. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and you know how, um, if you get on a, a Facebook loop or on a YouTube loop, it's like, Hey, I, I saw you, I, I see like that Ben Shapiro video. Here's another one. And then I'm like, well, I got all night. Right. So <laughs> I'm like, you know, you just keep going and going and going. And you're just like, you're literally relearning a whole new ideology that, makes sense in my opinion you know not everybody sees things the way that any of us do but in my opinion it felt like it made a lot of sense a lot of these things were very common sense yeah. and got so much hate for it and i just i was i didn't understand it um i so i got a ben shapiro book called bullies checked out um i read that book and it explains that 
the left mob is like really a thing. Like if you upset them in any way, they'll, you know, bother you on social media. They'll, you know, threaten you. They'll do whatever they can just to silence you. And that's why we are where we are today. That's why we have Joe Biden, because so many people have been silenced and they're so scared, um, especially people in my industry. I'm a realtor and people will not talk about politics in my industry. And I'm fine to break that barrier um, and to do it in a very civil way because mm -hmm. politics and housing go kind of hand in hand. So um, it's important that we don't have stupid Democrat policies to ruin our housing and make cause a homelessness crisis because a country like America, we shouldn't have a homelessness crisis. We shouldn't. There's ways that we can fix this and Democrat policies aren't the way to go. So. All right. Yeah. 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 I mean, what about you, Shelly? Sure. So, wow. So um, very interesting stories. So, for me, um, it happened, my conversion started, or at least, yeah, started when I went into the military right after high school and um, subsequent transition over the years. So when I went into the military, I was a Democrat from home. Didn't know why, um, didn't know who, what, when, where, why. While in the military, one of the things that I really had to deal with was my own cognitive dissonance. And by that, I mean, growing up in the inner city, um, you know, predominantly or all black household, one of the things that was, I think, was ingrained, and I think a lot of black conservatives, at least I've heard many of them say the same thing, similar things. One of the things that was ingrained in, in me and us was that you're just a Democrat. That's just, that's just, you're just a Democrat because you're a Democrat, right? And to question that narrative, when I started questioning it, when I actually saw people, white people, Asian people who genuinely cared about me, cared about a relationship in the military. That's when I was exposed to it. I had never been outside of, of, this, uh, of Baltimore or Maryland at, until that time. So I was exposed to other people and they really, it was a cognitive moment for me. Like, wow, these are people. These are people who really do care. And then one of the questions that came about from that experience was that, well, God made them too, right? So if God made them, and who am I to say that just because of the color of their skin, they're all evil or the devil? If I say that, then that to me tell that to me says to God that I don't know. I think I know that God didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> so that's the cognitive, that's the way my thinking went. Um, I've been a Democrat, I've been a Republican, I've been a libertarian, then back to Republican until I started reading. And then during those times, you know, when people would tell me, sometimes people in my family or even close, some friends would say, well, you shouldn't ask those questions. Or because you asked that question, that must mean you are a, a Republican. And one of the things that people know, if, if people know me, one of the things that I do not abide well is for someone to tell me what I can't think and then let alone that I can't even say it, right? Thinking for me is a way of processing. Um, it's a way of working through whatever it is that's going through my mind to tell me that I can't even think a certain thing. How, you know, that that's not going to work with me. So that's what's going to push me to, to think of it even more. But when I started reading and then I started drawing some um, some conclusions, I guess, or at least drawing some some inferences I started reading and then I would see things, particularly in the black community. I started asking like, why is our community 
always the one, it seems at least, that's behind. We're behind in education. We're behind in economics. We're behind in this. Why is it always that? And yet we're still putting the same people in office that look like us. Something's not adding up here. Um, granted, not everybody who looks like us is doing uh, corrupt things in office, but there was a, a big gap between the expectations based on color and what we were actually getting, the delivery. It just wasn't adding up for me until I started reading into the history of the Republican Party, the history of uh, Blacks or Africans, uh, African-Americans, I mean, in America. And I came to some different conclusions. Number one, I think I came to a lot of truth and facts, but also the narrative that Republicans were these evil, inherently evil and bad people was just wrong. When I saw Republicans, when I saw white people even literally give their lives for our country to help on the lines of the civil rights movement, I knew that I was not getting the whole picture. So, and then the picture that I was given, it just wasn't working. I had to find my own place and come hell or high water and telling me not to think or to say or to see things this way, all of that be damned. Here I am today, proud, vocal, conservative, Republican, whatever you want to call it. And let me say, I don't always agree with things that go on in the conservative party. All conservatives don't agree. And certainly all of them don't agree with me sometimes. But this is the place where I think we can have those disagreements and have those discussions more so than the other side saying that don't even entertain those thoughts. All right. All right. Um, well, um, I mean, you guys have pretty much had really good stories. It's, mine is similar. Uh, so, KJ, can I actually just add one thing to that? Because oh, yeah, I do, sure. I do like a point that Shelly made that, like, she learned that Republicans were not what they were made out to be. Because I went to CPAC for my first time last year. Um, and I'll tell you as a Democrat, I would have walked into a room with those people and been like, they're way too stuck up for me. I have nothing in common with these people. Um, they, I, I feel like I'm not, you know, good enough to be here or something like that. I mean, you know, if, if you've ever been to CPAC, it's like a lot of hoity toity people that go to those things. I, when I went, I mean, these people were like, you know, the vibe. I mean, they were so when they were ready to be there. Heck yes. We were like ready to save America. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, I felt like I kind of felt my, like I found my tribe just by like default. Um, and I just kind of, I like, I don't know. I mean that, that whole impression of them really just kind of went away. It's like, as soon as they all know, we're all here for the same reason. And we're all kind of dealing with the same kind of hate and, you know, pushback for it. It really brings you together. So I really had just, a different- Just imagine being a black woman and walk into that situation where we're thinking that, oh, Republicans are, they don't like black people mm -hmm. and they don't do this. And you walk into a room with Republicans, they're like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> like, we're glad you're here. Yeah, exactly. Like, welcome, thank goodness. People think we're awful, you know? So it's like, if you talk to anybody who's ever been skeptical about Trump or Trump rallies or something. And then they tell you their story about their experience going to the Trump rally. They all have the same story. It's like, oh, everybody was so wonderful. And I was expecting something so different. And it really has been like a psychological warfare the last few years of this lie that they've put about the Republican Party. I mean, 
lot of people aren't having the easiest time getting that out of their mind either. Like they just can't accept I'm a Republican. Like my friend will just cannot accept it, you know? Yeah, so. they, they do not accept it. They don't. Yeah. And um, like I was saying, I've had similar situations just like everyone else. Um, little, little different. Um, I, I have always been political. Um, you know, I have, I, I have interned for um, the Democrat Party. I was interning for, um, I actually interned with, uh, what's his name? Antonio Hayes. Uh, he's a, a congressman now, a senator actually in, in Baltimore, I mean, in Maryland. So I, I, I interned with him uh, for the county executive's office. I was a poli sci major, strong Democrat. I mean, strong Democrat. Uh, I campaigned for, um, for uh, Kathleen Kennedy Townsend, um, I, I campaigned for Bernie Sanders, um, all all kinds of um, um, O'Malley, Sheila Dixon, um, the first time, uh, and so um, really hardcore Democrat I, I have been for pretty much most of my life, and um, and so I, I was a card carrying ACLU member. I was proud. I had that card in my wallet. I was like, I'm a card carrying ACLU member. Um, volunteer for Planned Parenthood uh, when I was young, right out of college. So did a lot of stuff for the Democrat Party, and um, and so then um, I think when it was during Bernie Sanders when he was running in the Democrat primary against Hillary Clinton. Uh, and I, I campaigned for him then. And when he lost, I just kind of like, I was so, I was so upset because I was so into Bernie Sanders. And then when they came out and said that the Democrat party had um, pretty much were already pushing Hillary, like they had already put funds in her account and, and they were pushing for Hillary Clinton. And it was just like, he never really had a chance. I was so upset. I was so upset. And so I was just like, I, I'm done with all this. You know, I, I'm done with it. I don't want to have anything to do with it. And so and I've shared this before. Um, one night I was up watching TV and Glenn Beck was on. And I don't, I you know, I always thought he was a horrible person, racist person. But he was on a program and he was talking about Black History Month. And he did this whole program on um, talking about how black history should be included in the curriculum. And he was talking about all these people, these black Americans who have done so much for the country and um, and how they are not given their their just due. And so I'm looking, I said, what? I said, this man, I said, isn't he a racist? What is he talking about black history month for? And so then I started following him. I was looking him up and I started watching his show and I loved his show. I still watch it to this day. Um, and just like what Colleen said, it was kind of like a rabbit hole. I started out with Glenn Beck. Then I started watching Ben Shapiro, who I love. Um, and then, um, of course, Candace Owens and just a multitude. I have a bunch of Ben Shapiro's books. Um, um, I have... Uh, just a bunch of conservative leaning books. And, and it just was like a revolution, a, re- a, a, um, it's a revolution, uh, revelation, <laughs> revelation. Um, and so, um, and I started looking into it and, and as many of you have said, uh, like Shelly said, 
just with the idea of living in Baltimore City and we're run by Democrats, we're run by Black Democrats, and the city is just going deeper and deeper into a dark hole, an abyss. It's getting worse and worse. And they have everything Democrats touch turns to, to shit. Uh, yeah. And so, um, and 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 I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking about it, and and you just start really looking at the facts behind this stuff, and what you said, uh, T, about the family, you know, and how the Democrat Party pushes abortion, pushes the destruction of of the family. They they don't they they feminizing our men. They push this. It's just it's just they push the- single parenthood. I was fully set, ready to have a baby by myself. Like I already had the mentality. I was like, oh, there's not going to be a man. Like I already know that's not going to happen. So (laughs) and they're using using women. They're they're, they go with like this women empowerment thing. And it's really insidious. It's very um it doesn't lead to happiness. So they'll deceive, you know, young minds, you know, with these ideas that, you know female empowerment but then they or that the future is female or something like that they will yeah. say. and um and then in the end it's really marxism that they're pushing they're just not saying it and in fact i i realized eventually that even that whole um uh the new age movement like the people who are into like the hippie kind of movement these ideas that actually they want so the Marxists will infiltrate those circles as well because these people are all about peace and love. So then the Marxists will come and will say, well, no, no, we got to change our system, you know, to align with what you believe. And so they'll start pushing all these ideas, even though these people maybe didn't come there to be political to begin with. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And especially that peace and love, that peace and love group. Um, they they do infiltrate that that group um, because as you mentioned, uh, generally you know people feel like they want to help everyone, they want to spread the love. Um, you know, a lot of times, uh, it's a lot of uh, free sex, sex with everyone, and this is something that the Democrat Party pushes. Uh, and, and I actually have friends who are into into that. I don't I don't know if that's the same movement you were talking about, Yana, but um, you know, people who are involved with this and. And they they go right along with it. Let let live and let live, you know. Do what you like. Do what you please. But we never talk about the the repercussions of this. So what I want to ask you all is, what was what's one thing you would encourage others to take uh, to explore conservatism or switching to Republican Party? What's one step you you would encourage them to do, to take? Well, one thing I I've noticed even from our stories here the pivotal moment was us researching or finding out the facts for ourselves. Once we start doing that, you start seeing the truth and seeing the facts, however they may go. But most times this is what led us to the right side. Now, what would you research. tell someone if you met someone and that you seem, they seem curious as far as researching, where would you tell them? What's the first thing you would tell them to, to look at or read or watch? Um, me being the, the the spiritual person and the nature person, that's what I would tell them. Like, look at what's natural. Look at, put away all the stuff. Try to re-raise um, yourself. Unraise yourself from, uh, clean yourself, clear yourself from what you've been taught 
and start fresh and start new. And you can you have to, there's a process that you have to do to cleanse yourself from all the outside stuff, distractions, and start fresh. And that's kind of where I would start. Look internally. What what is it that you um what's your passion? What what is it that you really want to see in this earth and in this world from other people and from you know government even if you mm-hmm. want to government in it what if they say i want i want to um i want to heal poor i don't want people to be poor anymore i want i want to help the homeless and in, in, in poverty in poverty i mean I start with your community start with yourself and your family first and then go yeah, don't tell someone else to help like don't say that other people have to be taxed in order so you the community that you want to help will be helped like, yeah, I mean, but then they say they say then they say, well, uh, you know, this is the richest country in the world, and we have people driving around living in skyscrapers, and we have people sleeping on the streets, and and Republicans don't want to do anything about that. They just want to get make money, make money, make money. How do you? Well, don't, don't worry about what Republicans are doing. Well, Democrats yeah. also just want to make money. So if you want to help, you know, America has been helping pe- uh, poor people. Uh, you know, you can still. I gotta want to help themselves too, though. You can still uh, get funds together to help. Like, it, you don't need an institution. You know, you don't need to give the money to somebody else so it can be distributed because you don't know what is being distributed to. So, you know, rely on yourself and your community and your people in your circle. And then, uh, you know, don't put the blame on somebody else because the community is suffering. Okay. Uh, and so, Yana, let's go to you. What's one step you would encourage others to take uh, in, in, when they ex- explore conservatism? Look into Thomas Sowell and uh, subscribe to his Facebook page. Uh, read his book, uh, Basic Economics, and listen to his interviews because Thomas Sowell, actually, he switched from being a socialist to um, understanding that capitalism is what really uh, is the, the, the best system uh, to have in order for the country to be prosperous. He really goes into in detail all these social programs and how they uh, do not work and how they don't really help. So it's, it's a very, you know, for people who are uh, confused about economics, uh, Thomas Sowell, for me, that was a good advice that somebody gave me when I went, I was like, well, how do I debate these leftists? <laughs> like, well, read Thomas Sowell, you'll understand, you know, things a little better and you can make a logical decision for yourself. All right. What about you, uh, Shelly? What, what's one step you would encourage someone to take that w- wants to think about looking into conservatism? So I would tell people something practical, get a job and follow the money, follow your money on your pay stuff. Yourself. Yeah. Follow your money. See where it's going. Just ask questions. Where do all these taxes go? Um, You know, we have program after program. And if you want to help those people, go in that area, go and work and see what really goes on. Don't shut down your questions. Um, if I had to recommend a book, I think I would probably recommend um, Booker T. Washington or even um, Malcolm, Mal- Malcolm X, the autobiography of Malcolm X. So I would tell them to start there. Something very practical, particularly follow the money, follow your own paycheck, see where the taxes are going. And then when you start, it'll lead, it, should, it will probably lead you to more questions, right? More asking. Follow those 
quote unquote rabbit holes with those questions to see where the money is going and where it is purported to go. And, and so then you'll have more questions. So I want them to, I want, I don't want to be the one telling them what to do. I want to, at least if they ask me, I want to put them on the path where they can have their own discovery because I think it becomes much more meaningful when they have the discovery uh, on their own, instead of me just saying, do this and, or don't do that. All right. And so someone that's working, you mean just for them to look at their paycheck stub and and then yeah. see uh, where this money is going. But then once they see on their paycheck stub, how do you connect the dots? So I think when people start working and they actually see what comes out of their checks to see, um, and they, again, that's what they working. Yeah, but I think in real life, when you start start working at a young age and then you see where your money is going, talking about real life, real living, where the expenses are, when you have to pay your own way and you see that pretty much 50% or more of your check is gone before you even bring it home, I think that's at least starts. Is it going to change everyone? No, but I think that it'll, it'll give you a more realistic experience of what really happens in real life. Follow the money. Right. Always follow the money. Mm -hmm. My only question with that is most people, you know, Democrats, everybody's, you know, most people are working and most people have been getting paid year after year. Yeah, so but most Democrats get paid by the government. Most Democrats get government paid, get government paid. Or a, a good number of Democrats have, have this government sponsored or government supported money. Government does not produce anything. Government can only take from those who do produce. So we all we all weren't getting paid saying, by the government. You saying what do you mean get paid by the government? Like welfare? Like or no, welfare? I mean on a lot of people are, I would say, um, rely on the some kind of government form of government subsistence. Not just or government pay. You work for the government. The federal government has over I don't know eight hundred something thousand employees, right? What I'm saying is follow the money. The money, all these needs. Someone mentioned homeless people or whatever the need is. Follow the money. We should have enough money that comes out of our checks to handle all these things. Where is it going or why is it not going where? I'm just saying use your paycheck as a start, not the, the final word, but use it as a start to help you generate real questions for real life. I got you. What about you, Colleen? What step would you encourage others to take to explore the Republican, becoming a Republican or conservatism? Um, I would say going like immersing yourself in it, honestly, go to a rally. Why not? You know, I mean, you know, have fun, like just talk to some people, see what they think. And even just to see even like counter like anti-protesters or whatever to see like whenever we would go to D.C. for any kind of freedom march or anything like that, like all like after the election, like, you know, it was like November, December, they had marches. Um, and and just even to see what the opposition is saying, just to see what it's like to be walking with them, to see how other people take it. Like, you know, and also whenever somebody finds out when you go to one of these rallies or something that you are left leaning or, you know, used to be or whatever, they're like so excited to talk to you about it. They want to know like more like, oh, tell me more. Like what made you decide? You know, I mean, I, I guess my best advice would be to you know, kind of immerse yourself in it and really just surround yourself with people who are like-minded because you will feel alone if you don't. I mean, depending on um, the area you're in, especially in a Democrat stronghold like Maryland, I will tell you when I had first gotten canceled, I really felt like I was like, oh my God, I have like 
there's no Republicans around here except for like the select few people who are now some of my closest friends that went out of their way to message me and were like, hey, I'm so sorry it's happening to you. You know, this, but this is what happens when you talk about right-leaning politics. Don't talk about it. This is what happens. You know what I mean? And those select people will be in my life forever. But I mean, there was a long time I felt very alone in this, like, you know, it was just, a, it's a blue state. So, I mean, that's why I, I ultimately decided that I'm going to relocate to Florida eventually. But, um, you know, that really, it's hard to not feel like you have other people who think like you. So you have to make sure you kind of immerse yourself in it. I will say though, that I think that the conservative party or the Republicans, we attract a certain type of mindset. You have to have some type of logic and right. reason to understand or be able to even see the other side or, or be open-minded to see another side. Because mm -hmm. if you don't have that, if you don't have logic and reason and you're full of emotions, it will never work. Right. This, this side will never work for you. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and I would do the same. I mean, you all have some really good points there as far as telling, you know, giving someone advice. Uh, I would encourage someone to do what I did. I would start with Glenn Beck. Black, Black. Um, go on to uh, your, your podcast, wherever you watch podcasts, and check out, I say for 30 days, um, listen to his podcast. Uh, he breaks it down, and especially if you are a person of faith, he is a faith person. I didn't know that until watching. And so um, I encourage you to do that. Uh, you know, listen with an open mind and uh, things that he points out on the show. Uh, certainly do your research and check on behind, check up behind it. But I would say spend 30 days on a conservative podcast or uh, YouTube show and something like that. And, and personally, I would suggest Glenn Black. Glenn Black. I'll say another one that I, I love is, of course, Larry Elder. So he's a good one, too. And he's very easy listening. So, you know, I mean, I love Larry, man. Like I call him to his show all the time. But um, I, you know, he's great. Like he will just point out the hypocrisy all the time. He's so good at it. He really is. And he really comes at you with facts. So that's really important. I mean, so many of Larry's facts, I've like, you know, really tried to remember that. Like, remember that number, you know? So, cause Larry knows his stuff. So he comes at yeah, you with facts. He does. Yeah, he does. Uh, only reason, reason I said Glenn Beck is because Larry Elder can have a little sting to him. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and so with with Glenn, he he just it's just he just comes out with it and it it makes sense and he's a little softer uh, with his with his approach. Uh, mm -hmm. But any of them, like you mentioned, Larry Elder, right. even Ben Shapiro, uh, all of them um, are are good people to start out with and and because they just really they just present the facts. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what a lot of it is when you become a conservative. When you start leaning towards that way, you will start realizing that a lot of people are arguing with you over with emotion and not with facts. So if you can learn all the facts you can, I mean, then the truth will be on your side. So, yeah. All right. Well, this brings us to the end of the show. Uh, so thanks so much for watching. Please continue the conversation by checking us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and subscribe. That way you get up to date, uh, up to the minute content when we post. We appreciate the support. We are an independent media and each time you subscribe, it helps make our voice that much stronger. 
All right. We are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. Check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com. We look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, count your blessings and live a life of purpose. Good night.